Hey, we want to welcome to the microphone Janet Anderson. She's the director of the Northwestern Pennsylvania Job Connect staff. Now, tell me, what's this Partners for Performance? Is that who you work for? Or? That is who I work for. Um, we are several different organizations, okay. and Partners for Performance is the organization that employs the staff of the Workforce Development Board. Sounds good. All right, so um, we're gonna we're gonna go into uh, you know some of the hard questions in a little bit, but I do want to just kind of get a get a, a mindset about where we are with jobs. I mean, our unemployment rate right now is um, well, you know what what is our unemployment rate these days? We're right around four percent, which is so, you know pretty pretty amazing it, when you think about it. You know, considering that we were in the the sixes and sevens, right? I That's mean. right. So we have um, really improved our unemployment rate. And in economic development terms, we are actually at what would be considered full employment. So it makes it very difficult for employers to find individuals um, for, for open positions. Can you unpack that? When you say full employment, okay, um, are, is there just that 5% or 4% that for whether it's medical reasons or, um, uh, I mean, what, who does that represent, I guess my So that, is. that could be individuals where um, they had a job that was eliminated and okay. we don't have a replacement here locally. So they're willing to work, yet they, there's just nothing right this second. Right, okay. um, and it may be individuals that are looking um, for a particular position um, and holding out for that position. Okay. Um, so it may be individuals that are willing to work but only for the right position. So they may be, for example, close to retirement age, Okay. and they don't want to have all of the responsibility perhaps, um, that they had in a previous position. What about that second unemployment rate? And I know there's the, 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 bulk, you know, the bulk unemployment rate, but then there's that underemployment rate. Any idea where that's at, Janet? Um, I don't have that figure here yeah. with me, um, but it would be much higher. Like um, in the, in the, is it over 10%, would you say? I wouldn't go that high. Okay. Um, but I, I would, mean, it used to be 16 it, 17% yeah. of the you know, uh, underemployed but I, I honestly don't have it with me, so I don't know okay. exactly where yeah. that is. That, I mean, this 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 part of the story is kind of a big part because um, there again uh, nationally, when we look at these things, there is this thought out there that uh, um, people are having to put two part-time jobs together or put a multiple jobs together to make ends meet. Um, fortunately for Erie, our cost of living is such that you know you can't you can you can kind of afford you know a rent a rental and you know food and utilities on you know not as much money as let's say we if we were living in the bay area or dc or you know suburban new york or so on right i mean speaking to that so we um I would say that the un or the underemployment um, individuals are, um, as you pointed out, able to get by. 
Um, we'd prefer that we work on stackable credentials for them. What's that? How, define that. So a stackable credential is we allow them to learn um, a trade or, or increase their skills in something that then allows them, affords them the opportunity to go to the next level. So ex- basically kind of walking into more of a family sustaining income. Right. So let's let's use CNA as an example. Um, so someone that wants to be a nurse's assistant okay. might start at a CNA level and get a credential to provide those services. And then they would, um, after they've determined that they really like it and it is something that they want to spend more time doing, um, they might go and get their LPN, for example. Okay, sure. And then after more time, they may have drive and... Um, want to make more money, um, their children are growing, and they have more time, and they want to go and become a registered nurse. So they move up the, that um, the, through those stackable credentials, constantly adding. And there are many opportunities in other um, areas where you can do that. So the, it's the folks that... Um and here, again, here's where the community college thing kicks in. It's the folks that can kind of move through those stacks or jump ahead to the RN by getting that degree vis-a-vis, you know, you know, that stackable, I'm going to be a, you know, a nurse assistant first and then a, a, right. a practical nurse and then a full And the beauty RN. about doing it with stackable credentials is you're most likely employed while you're Correct. doing it and your employer is helping you to achieve that. So you don't go in with the um, debt that perhaps you might otherwise incur. It makes sense. Yeah. So uh, how about uh, some, you know, it, we we kind of default always, uh, I shouldn't say always, but it's easy to default to healthcare because isn't uh, it, there's still a huge need, isn't there, out there? there? There's a huge need in just about every industry. So what's another industry that that would use that stackable? Again, I, I you know, I mean, for whether you're an 18 year old that you are, uh, you know, just not feeling college or you're somebody that needs to be retrained because your your shop closed or you got laid off. So um, if you're in manufacturing, for example, there are opportunities to get NIMS certification, national certifications um, that you can then build on. Um, okay. And move up into an organization. Um, you can you can use this in the you know apprenticeship is another opportunity to get some work, gain some work experience at a pre-apprentice level. Move into an apprenticeship, then work on credentials um, and work through your manufacturing or other areas. There are more non-traditional apprenticeships out there than there ever have been before. Be specific. What would, what would look like a non-traditional So a non-traditional apprenticeship would be something in healthcare. Again, the okay, CNA, yeah. the LPN, yeah. the RN would be one. Um, you could what look at What about like tur- turning wire for an elect- I remember uh, talking to electrician friends of mine and they, you know, they just had trouble Finding somebody that would show up for work, I mean, right. as a journeyman, you know. The the soft skills are really important, um, yeah. and that's the pre-apprentice okay. piece of things, working with individuals to, to teach them the soft skills so that they do show up to work every day on time, um, pass a drug test, um, ready to work when they arrive. So, um, But some other non-traditional might be your retail 
operations. Okay. So, for example, someone might come in as a cook in um, in a kitchen, mm-hmm. and through credentialing, maybe move up to become the chef or the manager of a restaurant. Sure. Um, so those are more non-traditional. They are not things that we think about. Manufacturing is becoming more of a traditional um, apprenticeship, and of course, then the the labor unions are more traditional that that we often think about so yeah i mean i i've heard from the 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 union stewards and the and the folks you know saying that they've got these they've got these traditional you know uh, apprenticeships that you know they're just they're they're going into the middle schools to tell their story that you know learning a trade whether you want to be a carpenter or a plumber or electrician uh you know uh, learning that trade can really lead to a successful job with no debt Right. So um, what we are seeing is that um, there there's a video on YouTube that I encourage mm-hmm. all um, all parents in particular and students to take a look at um, because it shows the ability um, to get a job making a high wage, family sustaining wage outside of a four year degree. And in fact, um, the the uh, ratio is for every one master's job, there are two university jobs and seven in the 50s unskilled jobs. Today, wow. it's one master's, two university degrees, four year degrees, and seven skilled technical jobs. Okay. So they are no longer unskilled but skilled technical. So that doesn't that may be an associate or it may be these stackable credentials. So so what what about and and again we're going to be talking to uh, career concepts later, you know, they 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 you know, they're 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 one of the major employers uh, here in Erie County, but I mean what about those folks that uh, for some reason or another uh, don't want to or or can't access uh skill improvement um, i mean i mean su- there there need there needs to be a level of of just people providing service and providing you know labor right so most everyone these days graduating from high school had a cell phone grew up with a cell phone in their hand okay. or computers so most all jobs even if you're a clerk in a in a retail operation you're using the computer those are the kind of technical skills that we start with um, okay. so I, it, a skilled job does not necessarily mean you know, there's a variety of skills. Needed. Sure, sure. Um, so it's really important for individuals, whether they're youth, parents, or adults looking, to really hone in on what they're good at and yeah. what they enjoy doing so that they can then work on those skills and and begin that career pathway. Now, we've, we've talked, you know, and we'll, we have a, a, a big show tomorrow on, on education, and, and, you know, we're aware of a career street, uh, you know, um, and I, I see you at Great the tool. the uh, the um, Erie Together. You know, that's one of those um, that's one of those out of poverty tools that are out there. You know, as far as being able to have have children very young in age uh, to start thinking about what they want to be. And uh, I mean, you know, let's let's talk about you know what a parent can do as far as guiding their kids. I mean, I mean, 
part of this is attitude, is it not? That that your kid can kind of do maybe better than you. That was always the the narrative of of what I grew up. My father wanted us children to do better than he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was all about education and, you know, and work ethic, you know. So constructive criticism from a parent is something that's really good. Um, children need to learn to take constructive criticism because um, eventually they're going to be part of a team uh, yeah. in the in the workplace, wherever that is, uh, unless they are an entrepreneur and they are sitting somewhere all by themselves, um, they have to be able to work as part of a team. So providing the opportunity um as, as a parent to take out the trash and have chores and things like that, start to begin um, at a young age uh, to teach teamwork and to teach responsibility. And I think those are all really critical um, job skills that we all need and some of us are lacking. Talk about um, grit too and resilience. Absolutely. Um, I, I have watched individuals really struggle um, mm. When we had the layoff at GE a couple of yeah. years ago and 1,500 people were laid off, Tragic. Um, it, it was a horrible thing. And many of them had not been in school for many, many years. And as part of that process, they had to take an assessment test. And some of them didn't do very well. Um, were they assessing their skill set or assessing their ability to maybe work at another plant. So if they wanted to go into training, they needed the assessment. If they wanted to go directly into work, they did not require so just the, the assessment. So just the teachability, just the ability to sit in a classroom or or learn. Right. So they, they were being assessed to that. And some of them did not do well. Why, why some, do you think that was? Well, probably simply because, I mean, I'm not sure how I would do in right. some of those tests. That's true. You know, I've been out of the, the classroom for a number of years, mm. decades, in fact. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, it was just simply not having that mindset or that, um, you know, the nerves and jitters. Um, they, they, after a short period of time and working with some of our partners at adult literacy, many of them mm-hmm. actually passed those tests. So um, Title II stepped in and really helped them um, to to get back to the basics. And then they were passing those exams at a higher rate or higher level so that they could go into the workforce. Um, but they had to learn to take tests again. Um, there really is a lot of resources for somebody who are going from one job to the next or maybe don't have a job. I mean, it's just phenomenal, isn't there? There are. Um, we work in the career link we are a partnership of partners um Mm. and so we're working with um individuals in the community that can help our people that are looking for work our job seekers find those jobs um so we we have title two ovr um, Title II, by the way, is is the adult literacy piece. Okay. OVR, the Occupational Vocational Rehab. Um, we work with the EARN folks um, to help those immigrants and individuals mm. um, impoverished um, to find find jobs. We work with Job Corps. So 
we pull together all of the resources um, that we we know of, including like Dress for Success. If sure. someone doesn't have the funds to go out and get the uniform that they need, we pull Dress for Success in. Um, so the Career Link is well versed in all of those partnerships that are needed to help individuals be successful. What about on the employer side? Um, uh, what as as uh, employers are getting more and more kind of desperate for employees. What are you seeing out there? Are you seeing incentives? Are you seeing, um, you know, I mean, are, are we there yet? Have we reached that tipping point where, you know, wages are really going to start to skyrocket in your county or not so much? Um, so our, I don't know the answer to that. that yeah. I mean, as soon as one does, then you're going to see a couple more and then <laughs> okay. you're going to see right. because it's competitive. Right. Um, that's what that 4% really does is makes it very competitive. And, um, and is there a lot of upward pressure on that very bottom level of that Entry level, you know, I mean, they talk about, well, uh, you know, you know, it's just a teenager, so he can get minimum wage. Well, my daughter doesn't make minimum wage. Mm -hmm. She makes much more than that because they need her to show up. You know, they need her at that job. So so even our work experiences and our summer youth programs are paying 10 15 an hour, 1035 is encouraged. So when you start to look at that, it's tough for a kid that's been exposed to that to enter a job at minimum wage. At 725. We've got Janet Anderson with us. We're talking jobs and your mind is going to be blown here because there are so many jobs available and just not enough folks to work them. We're going to dig more into this here on the Joel Natale Show on the all-new 103.3, 105.9, and 1530, TalkEerie.com. Hey, we are with Janet Anderson. She is the director of the Northwest Pennsylvania Job Connect. Is is that at all accurate yet? Do I have that's that right? It. Okay, that's, that's the one. Okay. And she works for Partners for Performance. And what are some of the other things that Partners for Performance did? Is it mostly – it's all workforce all, development. It's all workforce um, so, so the counties select the um, the staff for the workforce development board, okay. and um, we are housed in a five hundred one c three called Partners for okay. Performance. Now we we ended up sitting together uh, about a year ago at Erie together, and I I just remember starting to talk to you. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's this whole other thing that's out there you know, of, of getting people ready to enter or improve their skills. But before we jump right in, I, I, we, we are big about family and community here. So I wanted to get a little bit of your origin story. Tell us how you grew up and uh, how did you make it to Erie or the Northwest PA uh, after a while? So um, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. My family is, um, extended family is from Clarion County. Okay. Um, My father went into the state police, so spent most of my um, growing up in the Washington County, Pennsylvania area. Were you in uh, the city of Washington or kind of in the rural areas? Out in the rural areas. Um, And then uh, moved back when my grandparents were getting older. Uh, My family moved from um, the South Hills area of okay. Pittsburgh to um, Franklin, Venango County, and I was in tenth grade, and that was a huge culture shock for me. Um, at so that Franklin time. was kind of a bigger town for you, or? very small, very small town. Very small. Okay. I was used oh, you were South Hills, South okay. Hills yeah. Village, sure, and the, yeah. you know those things. Um, but left, uh, came to Penn State Barron. Okay. 
graduated from Penn State and loved Erie. Yeah. Uh, ended up back in Erie, and um, both of my daughters were born and raised here. They were at uh, Fairview. Both okay. They're Fairview graduates. You're a tiger. Your kids are tigers? They or? are tigers. So, <laughs> That's um, awesome. And so I've just been here for the last... I don't know, 30-plus years, wow. 31, 32 years. You know, uh, you're the second person from Franklin uh, to, to sit in that chair, you know, with uh, Perry Wood, also a Franklin, right. uh, uh, born and raised. And, and uh, I love that little, I love that town. It's not that little. I mean, again, uh, the whole oil region has seen better days, but they're finding their their um, their feet under them, aren't, yeah, don't, aren't they? they? Are. Yeah, they have a good stride. Their yeah. downtown is doing very well. Yeah, great place to eat is Bella Cucina. I already mentioned that to Perry. You know, the, the terrific Italian food. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just love that area. So so from here, um, you know, you, you are, you, you've uh, worked at, for uh, Jane Earl. You've had a political career. You ran for office. Tell me about, that's, that was kind of gutsy. That took some <laughs> grit. Yeah, I'm not a risky person, so that's probably the most risky I've ever been. Um, it, it was great, though. Honestly, um, anyone that is considering running for any type of office, I would encourage them. You'll learn more about yourself that way than any any other way. Um, and encourage people to do it because they'll learn more about their community um, than they have any opportunity to do so. Um, it was incredible. Um, and you were running for U, uh, state senate, right? Right. And and uh, that was when uh, Wiley won That's that correct. election. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he was a one-term senator. Right. And now we have Dan Laughlin here. Right. Um, and so, um, uh, what what was what was kind of the other than learning about yourself? What was the big takeaway about the region? Uh, because you know, I'm not sure. You know, uh, it, it's hard for Erie to kind of get noticed in Harrisburg, isn't it? It well, is. Yeah. We're far away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's hard to get people to come here. Um, I, I think my biggest takeaway from it was um, that there are um, people that are, are right here at home that are hurting and mm. need, need support. And without the um, recognition of that in Harrisburg, we really, we really suffer. So um, I, I think from the community perspective, um, we have done a great job locally rallying around those needs. Um, and we need to continue to do so. And um, I guess I would say that um, raising ourselves up, we're used to that um, mm. and need to, to recognize um, if we haven't already, that, that that must continue because we are far from our capital. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we've had to learn to be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. We, are a, a, we are a resource-rich region. I mean, uh, you, know, we're, you know, you're coming from Pittsburgh. We have a lot of folks that come from Pittsburgh that are in, in need of the services that we have to offer, whether they're troubled youth or, you know, uh, addiction recovery or so on. It's good to be able to get out of that Philly or Pittsburgh uh, environment come to Erie uh, and um, and uh, take advantage of the generosity of this community and and the expertise of this community to kind of make a new way for yourself. It's true, and let's not forget the beauty of our oh, community. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's nowhere better. When I worked uh, in Harrisburg, after. Um, people would say, you have beaches? You don't have beaches. And I'd say, come come see. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, there was a there's a we have a, a program on at night uh, the Eric Metaxas show and his cohort uh, has uh, a sister that lives in Erie and Eric's like well is that like the Riviera of Western Pennsylvania I was like well I'm not sure I'd go that far but uh, it certainly is beautiful and it's a great place uh, to live and to visit okay we're gonna we're gonna step right into uh, jobs jobs is, is our theme every day on the Joel Natale show we have a theme we have a big uh, uh, a big issue that we want to tackle about civic life. And we thought, heck, jobs is a pretty important deal because there's a lot of bad information out there, misinformation, and um, it is, it's reaching a critical situation insofar as employers are having trouble finding the workers that they need. But So in it, where you sit in a sentence or two, what is the state of jobs in Erie County? Um, we are... And I won't say crisis, but close to crisis. And I I say that because our population, um, if you look at our population growth, um, we are not going to be able to fill the needs of our employers. So it's it's in crisis for the absolute opposite narrative that's out there. It's not that we're in crisis because there's no jobs. We're in crisis that there's not enough qualified workers for those jobs. To fill them, correct. Okay, um, so let's drill down on that. Um, uh, well, m- well, before you do that, let's talk about what you do in your everyday job to connect employees to employers or vice versa. So thanks for using the word connect. That's exactly why we are Northwest Pennsylvania Job Connect. Um, We are um, the, as the board, we set the policy for the career links. And our everyday role is as the public workforce system to assist those individuals that have barriers to employment. Okay, so... So you're you're on you're really on the employer side here, uh, pretty much of, of like making sure that they will have access to skills and to retraining and. and so we have two ahead. clients, okay, job seekers, those that are looking for employment, and then the employers, okay. and we we work to match the two. Now. How far down does CareerLink, I mean, is CareerLink on a client by client, I mean, like on an individual and company basis, or is it is it more just administrative? I mean, uh, and, and it's more self-serve. I mean, how deep into the into the ditches does CareerLink go? So that, I'm glad you asked that, too, because um, we have two comprehensive workforce career link sites um, that people can walk into and we have full staff and partners in each of those sites one of those is right here in erie um, on sassafras street in the old midtown mall okay and um, we have staff that can walk right in and meet with us there um there anytime so this is this is a this is a person-on-person um, you know, almost case case management model of, of an individual who needs to be trained or needs to be directed to a new career. That's correct. And it is also um, proactive in that we have mobile delivery of services. So for example, if a if um, a church or a community-based organization were to call us and say, we have 
one or two or five individuals that need your services are in need of a job, could you come and meet with them? We will come to them. Um, if an individual were to call us um, for services and say, I don't want to come to your comprehensive site for mm -hmm. whatever reason, mm -hmm. we will set up an appointment to meet with them where they are with the exception of their home for the safety. Right from there, my brain is blown up. My head is exploding because what we're saying is that if you have a need, there is a route for you to have your need met and get into a new and rewarding career and job. Janet Anderson, stand by. Talking jobs. We have Janet Anderson from Northwest Pennsylvania Job Connect. And uh, she's all about connecting you as an individual uh, through all the work that she does and her staff to new employment, rewarding employment, getting things going in your lives. And, and I tell you what. The, the huge thing that we learned together as part of Erie Together, with Mary Beulah's work and, and all the work JCAC and, and the United Way does is, is, is about if we can get people to be in rewarding jobs, they have better lives, they, they rise themselves out of poverty, and actually, you know what, our community goes better too because you're paying taxes and you're, you're an active uh, citizen, you're an active part of the citizenry, and, and you know, that just advances that advances our community, doesn't it? So, okay, um, uh, you know, so we we, we when we when we went to break, we were talking about that. Really, you're the line for you know, what you're doing at, at the central, the old Central Mall. You know, with with the with all the career link, it, it doesn't. It's not bursting out the door, is it? It is not. We are um, we are in a position where we have been working with our partners to go out into the community um, because what we're finding is that people themselves don't necessarily have a belief that they can find employment or have hope that if they find employment that they will um, be able to maintain that employment. Um, so we're not seeing lines come to the door through the door. Um, there are 15 populations that we serve through our career link. Um, and those populations are all part of the new federal law, and we're required to serve them. So if they're not coming in our door, we made a conscious decision to go to them and find them where they are. And we wow. call that mobile delivery of services. So we're going out into the communities. We're going to the housing authority. This idea actually started with a conversation with John Haran mm -hmm. um, at the housing authority, and he said, um, you know, we don't, we're not making referrals because people come back and they either haven't gone or if they go, they have stories that we don't know if they're real or made up, but they're not going back. Um, and I suggested, what if we come to you? Right. And he said, that's a great idea. So rather than lose those folks and not, you know, not um, work with them. Mm -hmm. We are now going into the community. Um, climate changers. We're we're working oh, with those yeah. folks. Fred, yeah. um, and we're we're just all over the place. We're going into in other counties because we we serve six counties in Northwest Pennsylvania. We're going into the county jail. We're meeting with people as they're getting ready to be released and helping them to um, hone their skills. Uh, 
do soft skill development while right. they're there. So when they come out, they can go right into training. Um, and then, you know, the long term is to get them into a job, perhaps align them with a, an apprenticeship um, so that they can move right into employment. What do you think is the biggest misunderstanding about jobs in the workforce that you encounter? What What is, I mean, I, I mean, is it just this narrative that there are no good jobs? So, I mean, if you look at it, I think that is a big part of it. Um, the, the, the media or social media is quick to say there are no jobs here. There are no good jobs. The reality is that you do not need a bachelor's degree to have a good job. Um, and, and that conversation is being had all over the nation. And I think that that's, that's a big part of the misnomer, okay. um, you, that you need to have high education to find good paying jobs. Um, the reality is that you need to have education and a work ethic. Mm-hmm. And um, many of us learned that work ethic when we were growing up. And um, some people didn't have that opportunity. And, and as adults or young adults, they need to learn that work ethic. Um, so the, the, the real misunderstanding is that we don't have jobs or the jobs that we have require a high degree. Now, there's another side of the coin, Joel, yeah. and that is that, um, it, you know, our young people that leave the area mm-hmm. and want to come back, um, we have Erie Insurance and we have the universities and we have the hospitals. Um, but we need in some other areas some of those higher paying higher skill so jobs. there so there is i mean and i can attest to this because i have two grown adult uh, children that are not living here mm-hmm. um and and cannot find a job at least at this point that would match their their knowledge base you know and and uh and so there is sti- you know part of our economic development piece which we're going to talk about next monday uh with uh, with the you know the folks at the chamber is that um, that we we need to grow those businesses, you know, that that can provide kind of a, a, a diverse portfolio of jobs, whether whether, you know, whether you're a mechanical engineer coming out of Barron and, you know, how, how, I mean, literally, you think about it, how many how many mechanical engineers and electrical engineers come out of our own Barron University, you know, Penn State University, Oregon University? Those are the two schools that teach engineering. How many of those uh, young men and women are able to stay in uh, Northwest Pennsylvania? Not that many. Right. There's there, there there's just not enough going on now. Some of them want to go. But I think some of them would stay if it was there. The mayor was sitting, again, in the same chair. His kids don't live here. Why? Because they can't find a job at the level that, um, you know, so are, so are we becoming this kind of super low-skill uh, employment uh, area? And then that does that add to the narrative of despair? So I would say that we are fortunate that we have the mayor and the county executive that have vision and are willing to push um, for that. But we need to diversify our workforce um, opportunities. So that's kind of the that's kind of the downside of being kind of overly into manufacturing insofar as that we kind of spent the last 30 years not developing some of those knowledge based jobs. And now we're kind of 
catching up. Would you say that's correct? I, I don't. I, I, I think we need both. Um, and I think that we have spent, I think we've lost some of those higher paying, um, challenge, more challenging jobs when we've lost even our manufacturers. Yeah, that, that is that, that is that other piece. Those headquarters that are gone. Right. How many accountants, how many accountants right. leave when the headquarters leaves, right. you know, how, you know, when manufacturing, manufacturers, not just guys in the shop, it's also, it's accountants, it's the, it's the back office. And, and again, uh, one of the most devastating things to happen to Erie, Pennsylvania is when uh, GE Transportation moved their headquarters Absolutely. to Chicago. And so you had 50 major, um, major salaries uh, and people that would contribute to the Philharmonic and, you know, coach Little League Baseball and, and you know, buy homes in, in the upper scale neighborhoods. They picked up, sold their houses and moved to Chi-Town. And, uh, the, yeah, probably maybe uh, a, a significant page that we have to set in our rearview mirror and try to look forward because, again, now we're starting to see those seeds of, of, of knowledge-based uh, jobs coming up, you know, whether it's from the, the um, innovation district or some of these uh, uh, new things that are bubbling up. We don't have time for another question just yet. We're going into news. You're listening to The Joel Natale Show on the all-new TalkEerie.com. We're talking to Janet Anderson. We're talking about jobs. Later on uh, this afternoon, we'll be talking to uh, our friends at Career Concepts to talk about being, you know, you know, what are employers looking for? Being ready for those jobs. You know, what is it like to uh, take on a, a temporary job that leads to permanent uh, employment? And uh, we'll, we'll learn more about uh, that whole end of this story here as we're talking about the state of jobs. Again, all of this month, you know, the first six weeks of this brand new show, of this brand new radio station, we're kind of taking that 30,000 foot view of things and again you know we can we can go into the nitty-gritty and you know we could do a show about career street we can do you know we you know which is getting kids ready you know uh for uh knowing what they're good at knowing what their interests are and then kind of pointing their way through school to to learn what they could do uh for a living for the rest of their lives you know i was i was telling my story last week as, as we were launching the station and it's like i wanted to be in broadcasting since i was 11 years old and so uh, i had the fortune of being in a home where dad and mom you know uh encouraged hard work and you know education you know i i had this amazing environment of parochial schools and so you know, going to Mercier's Prep with, you know, these amazing teachers and, and then going to Gannon with mentors like A.J. Maselli and, and M.C. Gensmer, you know, I mean, you know, having these amazing professors to talk, speak into my life, you know, and just kind of pointing the way. And, you know, it, I understand that not every child has that kind of encouragement and nurturing to have a successful career. But, uh, uh, but there are ways, and, and you're a part of this system, Janet, to, uh, to, uh, to you know, take the edges off of a kid that maybe didn't have the same kind of environment. You know, my, my brother Jeff, who's a, um, a family counselor and is very involved in the mental health and, and social work community, he's like, you know, we, we won the lottery, you know, as a family. And I get that. And so part of what we want to do with this radio show is, you know, is encourage 
you know, families to lean in on their ch- their kids and to lean in on, you know, keeping them responsible, keeping them, uh, giving them some grit, giving them some, some uh, tenacity as they try to, you know, you know, face this world, which kind of gets scary sometimes and is not always kind or nice. And, and we're more moving forward before we jump in on, um, uh, on, you know, all the stats and stuff. Uh, what do you got? Anything social or social? Uh, I don't know if I have, I don't have any new comments okay, since we, uh, since we last talked. And, and we want to open the phones right now, too, so you can talk to Janet Anderson. Maybe you have a question on how to access the system. Uh, the local number for you is 679-1080. Uh, on your cell phone, call 814-679-1080, or you can even just text us a question to that same number, 679-1080. Find out more about, you know, how do you, how do you access this system? How do you find a, 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 an employer? That's going to work with you and and give you a, a family sustaining job or or even get that that next chance. Right. Um, and um, so let, let's, uh, you know, uh, take the uh, workforce development system and break it down into parts here because uh, it, it looks pretty amazing. Uh, I'm glad as as a as a everyday Joe walking off the street, I don't need to know all this other stuff that's going on. Right. Right. <laughs> That's right. So, so go so, ahead. So the workforce system is divided into a couple different um, entities. The federal government supplies the funding to the states. The state, using a formula, then parses those dollars out to 22 workforce development boards across Pennsylvania. Okay. We are one of those workforce development boards, and we cover the six counties in northwest Pennsylvania. How long has this been going on? Is this something from the Great Society? Is this more this, recent? Or? No, this has been going on for year, decades. Decades, um, yeah. I, yeah, I had the privilege of working for um, Governor Ridge, yeah. and he was involved back in okay. those days in workforce development, and it was it predates him, Job Training Partnerships (JTPA). Yeah. Um, so those are some of the terms. Was it when when was it probably when globalization started affecting all these Rust Belt towns? Maybe I, I would say that's probably exactly what it was. Um, as you started to see employers large employers laying people off yeah. and they, they needed to do something to help um you know push the workforce i mean i can't tell you how many times i heard the story that you could go to Cyrus erie and if you got laid off you can walk across the street and get another foundry job and and that's what that was what was the case all the way to probably the mid 70s yeah and yeah. then it it turned didn't right it? that's right so, um, so the funding then comes into our local area, and um, currently our budget is around six million dollars. That's serious um, for, cash for all of the different wow. um, aspects that we provide. So it is wow. serious cash, and the board itself does not keep that money. It goes to a fiscal agent for okay. programming. Um, and we use a tiny bit of the admin, the 10% right. for my staff. So we have a very limited staff. Um, currently, we have uh, six of us. Okay. And though we've hired two in more recent months. So, so you've, you've, you've had a felt need that uh, 
there was increased demand on which side on the employer side or on the employee side um it's on both it's on both okay it's on both really um so then we are required to hire a consultant to provide the services a contractor not a consultant contractor to provide those services so for example gcac has a contract with us to provide workforce innovation funding um to the community and that's what ben wilson's involved with okay gotcha and then and um, we have hired ResCare, who provides in the career link our Title I services for the job seeker and the employers. Title I means what? Title I means for youth, adult, and dislocated worker funding for jobs and training. Okay, so that's so, just kind of the the coverall for all of this is that's Title right. One. Okay. That's right. And <clears throat> our youth programming is both in school and out of school youth. Our out of school youth program runs from the age of 16 all the way up to 24. So, now, do you work with the summer jobs program that the county does? We or? do. Um, we support students in their um, if they need training, if they if the employer needs assistance paying for. We're working on a project this summer. We're hoping we get funded by the state so we can help the employers pay that ten thirty five an hour. So yeah, just so students. that I understand, you know, because you know the way again the way the casual observer would have looked at that, it. it um, Kathy Dahlkemper had this idea of putting, uh, having summer jobs available, and you know, uh, building in some soft skills. If she can, if she could find the employers to take the to take the young people, she would, you know, that the, the county would pay. And, uh, but if you already had the program. Why wasn't that happening? So why would that have been needed then? So the program um, back when she started her program yeah. was not the same. The law had changed. Okay. So so there was a change. There That's a number change. one. All number right. two, um, the the funding that we would have available would be limited, and the students would be limited. They must be eligible as the public workforce system. We have to determine eligibility of those students so to receive the. So what does eligibility mean? Um, so it's it's very complex, and it really comes down to each individual. But we'll suffice it to say income eligibility. So um, they. So would, you're talking about the family income? Okay. So so they, if if a, if a if a if a if a young person was from a a, a lower class income level uh, situation, they would be eligible for that job. But whereas whereas the 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 county's summer jobs program, the summer jobs program, is is does not have that income I, limitation. I don't know if okay. they do or not. All right, um, but we would definitely have to provide that and and that information, and they would have to be enrolled in our program, which means we have to continue to work with them um, throughout the process. So the the family would have to provide information, income information. One of the things that. Um, you know, we as a community can do is help those that um, are in need understand that the program requires those resources. And that's, or a, the, that's a federal the, requirement from Title it's One. It's a federal requirement. Okay. Um, so on the caseworker level, are they able to help these families navigate the, the you know, the, the, the hurdles? They are. They okay. are. But it's... Um, 
so TANF funding, and I don't want to get in the weeds right, too far I hear here, you. Yeah. but TANF funding um, is our primary in-school youth funding program, yeah. and we have had changes in that program over the last three years that have required proof that the family is eligible for those funds, okay. which is something that had not been in the past. Um, so we've lost programs, we've lost students, we've let, you know, because of those requirements. Because of the requirements. Mm-hmm. And, but if, if, if the family is willing to communicate with the caseworker, the, the kid could get the job. The kid can can receive work experience opportunities. They have experience or opportunities for some training, mm-hmm. soft skill development. Um, the work experience can actually pay them, as I said, ten thirty five an hour. Yeah. Um, so there are real opportunities for them. So let's talk about, you know, displaced workers. You know, I remember the hammer mill layoffs. I had a lot of friends that were at hammer mill. And, you know, many of them became nurses or they, you know, they went back to school to be a teacher. Um, how does that fit into the, the your program? So we have several partners in the Career Link, and the State Bureau of Workforce Policy and Operations is one of those partners. Um, and Rapid Response mm. uh, through the State BWPO um, Bureau is is one of those partners. So Rapid Response goes out and works with those employers when they announce that they're laying off okay. and um, then begins the process of working with the um, individuals that are impacted. If they are trade impacted, um, and that's an eligibility thing right, as well, right. but if they are trade impacted, there are many services that become available through the federal government for those individuals. And the staff in the career link through the Bureau of Policy Workforce BW B- Bureau of Workforce Policy and Operations wow. is um, is uh, <laughs> responsible and knowledgeable to help navigate that that system, that trade system for them. And so with the rapid response, there's usually some kind of a, an agent on the scene to mm-hmm. to give the the tools and the information to the, the outgoing workers. Um, how, how successful are, are those programs? Um, there's always been questions about it, but to the individuals that take advantage, I think they're very successful. Um, the what what about that tension that uh, you hear about? And I might I might not be talking about something that you deal with very much, but um, you know when uh, uh, you, you, when the media was was covering Erie, uh, they were talking about um, you know uh, in national media is what I'm talking about. Uh, you know how. You know, I remember there was one fellow on a report. He was getting retrained to be going to HVAC, and he was a layoff from, uh, I think GE. You know, and but w- one of the narr- one of the memes out there, one of the one of the rumors out there, whether it was an urban legend or not, was th- there uh, many of those guys were encouraged not to be retrained because callbacks could be happening. Uh, I guess that's an individual case by case basis that, you know, you have to forge your own way. But can you speak into that? So we did have individuals that were um, 
that go into the training with the thought that they may be called back because while they are in the training, they are eligible for benefits. Okay. Um, so what happens generally is about 40% um, either retire, move on to other jobs, and there's about 60% that are remaining of the um, of those that are laid off. Yeah. And that 60% um, is uh, given the option of going into training, okay. retraining, as you mentioned, to be a nurse or um, to move into other opportunities, HVAC. And they have to go through the assessment testing. Okay. And if they reach a high enough score on that assessment testing, then they are able to um, get retrained. Some of them go into it with the idea, I'll go into this training, buy my time, mm -hmm. continue to work toward um a furthering credential, right? Okay, getting, Which getting is, a new skill or what have you, right? And and then if I get called back in the meantime, then I'll make my decision based right. on that. Um, it from a community perspective, um, we benefit by having people further trained. No sure. different than um, when you build a Bush Industries facility, we as a community benefit, even though they are no longer here, by having an asset that we can um, market to bring sure. a new employer in. Again, uh, yeah, skilled workforce is is a good thing to market. So let me drill down on that. What is the quality of the Erie County workforce? I mean, we, we want to think that workers that are available to employers are at the top of their fields and skills and productivity, but is that really the case? So I I think it is. I do believe that we are a skilled workforce. However, we're also an aged workforce. And so, um, and no different than the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, we, we have um, the baby boomers that are getting ready to retire. So um, the, the brain drain issue is one that... Um, you know, you brought up engineers. What are we doing with those engineers? Right. I think as a community, we need to be determining what do we need in our workforce, perhaps an assessment of workforce, where our workforce needs are. Um, and nobody's are, doing that right are, now? We're talking about it at the board level. That's shocking that that wouldn't be the case. That we need to do, but it's a six-county workforce right. assessment. So, But even, um, even some of the other agencies, you know, I mean, again, if you're in economic development and you're talking to, to uh, site choosers, you know, on a national scale, if you don't know what you've got, you know, if there's no there there, that's super trouble. We in manufacturing, we are there. the The greater okay. challenge is the age of the population. In other areas, if we go into high tech, um, cybersecurity, we have Mercyhurst right. training folks, Gannon, Penn State right. training folks. Um, I think what we really what we need to do is take a look into the future and what the community wants to become. And what each of the communities want to become. Okay, so, okay, now this is blowing my mind in another way, though, Janet. Sure. Is because all of these plans, I, I, you know, when I think about 
Emerge 2040. That's supposed to be, other than a land use deal, it was supposed to be articulating what are going to be the places of employment of the future in Erie in Erie County and and the region. Are you are you telling me now that it's not as defined as I thought? So I think what I'm saying is this is an add-on. This is the workforce assessment okay. piece that goes with that. Okay. Um, I think it needs to be. Um, added to so we can prepare and you know community college yeah. um our oh, yeah. universe our you know we're rich mm-hmm. in in education providers yeah. um both at the the um university level and at our career and tech centers and i think we need a plan that includes all of that um in terms of and and not only for that but what should workforce be focused on um, because we too have limited resources we're learning more today from janet anderson and we, we we're really down to our last uh, two and a half minutes and janet so I, I i really appreciate you taking the time with us and we talked about we talked about uh, that brain drain a little bit, and um, and again, that's going to be pretty critical, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the success of Erie, and um, you know, uh, I, I used to work for a church, and we're you know we're kind of a, we were a bunch of middle aged moms and dads who who are launching our kids, and it, it almost makes me emotional to think that um, out of the nine employees that we had at our church, not one of us had kids that were still in Erie. Nine employees. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, it just, I counted it up and it was like, it, it, it's insane to think. And again, you know, I mean, my, I have one son that's in the military. And so, yeah, he's, you know, he's not going to be stationed here. He's active military. So he's going to be on a base. But, you know, uh, I thought my, my, my number, my middle son was going to be able to stay. And he had a great job at a, a local oil and gas concern. And uh, and then you know oil and gas tanked. What was it? Uh, Twenty sixteen. He had this amazing deal, and then it wasn't there. You know, and I don't even. Th- I, I think this very very vibrant company that was you know that you know had had uh, uh, almost a century of uh, of, um, of 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 good jobs in Erie. I think they're they've shrunk to almost nothing. And so, I guess my point is is that. How do how do we keep our kids here or what you know what 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 of your piece is part of that? So um, working with employers um, is really our our side of that and determining their needs and sharing that with economic development. One of our partners is economic development and the attraction is really key. Um, attraction yeah, not only attraction. of employers but attraction of the workers. Um, to fill those jobs because, it, again, if you look at the share population and the, the fact that people have left our area um, to bring in new employers, even though we have a skilled workforce, it's going to be tough without showing them that we're bringing people in. Um, so we really need to, to, and again, that's part of that workforce assessment, what exactly should we be doing to attract people to our area and to work with those kids, those youth, um, to to keep them on the path uh, for employment and keep them here at home. Janet Anderson, Job Connect staff, Northwestern Pennsylvania director, 
thank you so much. You're welcome. You, you, had, you had the seat for the longest so far <laughs> on the Joel Natale Show, and we appreciate all, right. all the knowledge. We have an exciting guest, Emily Jetty from Career Concepts. They're the 22nd largest employer in Erie County, and a lot of folks, you know, are, are uh, directed and um, get their employment and, and, and their livelihood through the efforts of Career Concepts. And so, uh, and this is, this is a locally based uh, uh, employment agency, isn't it? Yes. Uh, we have, we have um, nine branches um, all over Pennsylvania. We're into New York. Wow. Um, but we are locally owned. That's tremendous, Emily. We again, this is a family show, so we'd like to know, you know, you know, kind of get, get a little origin story. You you didn't grow up here. How did you get to Erie? Um, I went to Gannon. I actually transferred my sophomore year to Gannon um, for the entrepreneurship program. So that's oh how wow, I, that's how I ended up here. Yeah. Where, where were you going to school before that? Um, Casanova College in New York. It's a really small college. Um, where is that located? To, it's close to Syracuse. Okay. Yeah, I'm from Auburn, New York, which is, yeah. again, a lot of people have never heard of. It's right it's near Syracuse. Yeah. So, okay, who's got the worst snows? Syracuse or Syracuse, Erie? Syracuse, um, up until last year, I would say Syracuse, but Erie. Those are fighting, the cake word. Those last are fighting year. words. Emily, I don't think you can be on my air <laughs> with that answer. I don't think it's something to brag about. No, <laughs> it, it totally was, is. It was you not kidding? fun last year. <laughs> no, Christmas it was not. This was a nightmare. It, it, was, it reached, it reached the, 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 the area of no fun, didn't it? Oh, yeah. I was in Syracuse, so we didn't get any snow there, but I couldn't come home. Oh, so, yeah, oh, I got stranded. Around the Christmas there. season? Mm-hmm. Sure. Last year, yep. So, yeah. Came home to three feet. Unreal. I had to dig out without a shovel because it was inside. Uh, so uh, moving, you know, so, okay, this is cool that we're talking to you because you're you're one of those young folks that went to one of our area universities and liked Erie so much you stayed. Why is that? Um, I would say it really was employment. Um, I, I landed a job in uh, retail to start. Okay. So I was a retail manager um, up at the mall, and the schedules are horrible. And I like my holidays, and I like to go home and see my family. So my mom just kept saying, go to a headhunter. Go to a headhunter. You have a degree. You're so smart. It'll be great. I didn't know what a headhunter was. Well, what's so your I went degree to a staffing in? agency. Your degree is in entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, and business. yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and marketing. Okay. I have a minor in marketing. So, you know, I just gave in. Um, I went to Career Concepts because it's a staffing agency, and it was the only one. I was driving up and down Peach Street every day, and I could see it. So I went there, um, actually applied as a temp. Um, okay. Didn't get a whole lot of call. I mean, no, this makes us sound horrible, but I didn't get a lot of callbacks just because of my skill set. I was more of an entry-level office looking for, like, more of a mid-level pay rate which okay. is where a lot of people get stuck um but i fortunately got a call for an internal position oh, wow. i ended up um doing records management for for nine months and then and delivering paychecks to one of our, our largest clients uh, one of our factories um but then i got the opportunity to, to do pro- some professional staffing and then i moved into industrial i was doing both until recently but we're so large now that we right. can't do everything so we have a professional staffer all right so let's that. um Let's get into the questions here. Where, from where you sit in a sentence or two, what are the state of jobs here in Erie County? How would you um, describe that? I would say there are there's some hidden gems. Um, a lot of people are under the impression that everything is 725. Most employers have moved away from 725. Unfortunately, it's still our, our minimum. Um, but I have very few that are even at eight anymore. Most employers are nine and up. Um, 
there's a couple that don't really require that are more entry level. I would say majority of the better paying entry level are around 10 or 11, but there are a couple hidden gems that pay 15 to 16. Yeah. Some right off the bat is a temp and some um, are union shops. So you got to pay your dues to get in. Okay. You know, start out at 935, 950, and then jump to 15 when you get hired in. And, and uh, the new model, and again, I... I, I what I was so scared about doing this topic today because the show is new and my knowledge base about this realm of civic life is so limited. You know, I mean, I'm one of those guys, I, you know, I've worked my last job. I worked 14 years. The job before that I worked 14 years and what I'm like a dinosaur compared to how people churn on jobs these days. Right. But, uh, and I, I resemble a dinosaur anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but like, uh, a lot of your business is that you just are the employment agency for major employer. Like, like they're not employers. You're the employer, mm-hmm. and they have a shop to run, right. and you supply all of the HR. Uh, yes. So I was going to say we're an extension of HR, essentially. We um, take the burden off of them to have to recruit. It's a long process to find people. It's a long process to train people. And then when those people decide they don't like the job and they disappear, that's a lot of money wasted. So Absolutely. a lot of companies use us to save money. Essentially, we're we're doing, we're doing vetting everybody. We're paying for all of the um, advertising, recruiting efforts. We're bringing people in. We're vetting them. And then we're sending resumes um, for certain positions certain positions we can just send people so it kind of just depends on the company and the position and the pay rate but yeah so we essentially do the hr functions for them and uh what are what are some of the industries that you're in what are some of the like what are the jobs i mean are, are, you know plastics that are out there? is a, a big player in this area plastics is everywhere in this area a yeah. lot of people come in with with a bad taste in their mouth about plastics companies there are a lot that are very low paying that are dirty that are not such great work environments but there are some really large players in the game and some smaller ones that are that are decent paying that are um great people to work for yeah. that have advancement opportunities and people just they think of the the lower level ones and like oh, i don't want to work in plastics mm-hmm. but honestly there's there's some great opportunities in plastics um speaking of which we have one company looking for process techs and setup techs which is like an unheard of skill set here there, there as far as i know there's no training on that here um what, what would somebody do as a process tech um, gosh, I mean, are you pushing are you, my knowledge here? I'm no, sorry. It's, yeah. um, it's like mold setup and, okay. um, it's, it's the higher level. So it's, it's before, so we staff a lot for like the machine operators. Yeah. The it's CNC, the people that are right? Like, I mean, um, CNC and that's a, just like a general plastics press. Operator. Okay. Okay. Just, gotcha. Um, for like a plastics press operator, you're making nine to nine fifty, depending on where you're at. Yeah. Um, unless it's a union shop and you get hired in, then it's a little mm-hmm. bit better. So, um, these would be the people that kind of do that set up the machines that okay. put the molds in. Yeah. I'm not super knowledgeable. I that's, know that's, that's fine. Um, not my forte, but, uh, they, it's a skill set that we're struggling to find. Hmm. Um, we have a company that, I mean, essentially why would they go through us? Because that's a really high skill set. That's a direct hire position. Yeah. Um, they should be able to find these people on their own and, and there'd be no need for us, but they're not finding them. Interesting. We're having trouble finding them. Um, we almost are looking on like more of a national basis, but our pay rates are still so low compared to the nation, even though these are high pay rates for this area. Yeah. It's just a, it's a non-existent is, is, skill set. Do you set. run into that a lot as far as the dilemma of, you know, just what, uh, employers are willing to pay oh, for labor constantly. here. 
Yep, we've had to. We almost get into a role of like coaching some of our some coaching of our the employee yeah, employers. Uh, the employers. Yes, um, go, they get really get, come um, with that. Yeah, they go. They get really unrealistic. Um, they want better people and they want to keep the pay rates the same. And and we watch the rest of the nation kind of pass us by, right? right? And we know that we're we're lagging, but we still have the same expectations for people. When you can go, you know, 20 minutes, drive through Northeast, you end up in New York in less than 30 minutes, and they're making, what, I think they're 11, 10 now, an hour. Oh, just, for the minimum. For their minimum. And yeah. our minimum 725. Granted, no one really, not as many companies, especially ones we work with, pay 725. We wouldn't have people for those companies. Sure. So most companies that start to complain, um, you know, why are you not getting us people? It's raise like, your rates. Raise your rates. And we just kind yeah. of, we give them comparables. Uh, you know, another, you know, a plastics company paying seven twenty five compared to a plastics company paying nine, like they're going to get the people first. And that's right. just, that's just the name of the game. You got to So beyond better. plastics, what are you doing like in healthcare? We are unfortunately not super into healthcare. We've tried okay. to break through. I think our biggest um, hurdle or some of the larger, I won't name any names, some of the larger um, hospitals, sure. networks in the area make it very difficult. They do a lot of their own recruiting. Okay. Um, well, again, we, they, we, they're, 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 I mean, now they're, regional organizations mm-hmm. they're based in you know yes. a lot of hr is based in pittsburgh it's and some so excellent on. pay rates um yeah. we do get inquiries from smaller well i would think you, i would think you get a ton well. from uh from uh direct care uh, you know in nursing homes and things I yes think. um direct care is a big a big thing around here but a lot of we had a very large company that we worked with um for a while but again Pay rates and expectations sometimes of companies are just as realistic as pay rates and expectations from employees. Um, so the rates weren't um, – they were kind of average. Yeah. They weren't the best, but they were expecting, like, incredible people. And sometimes we get in a rut when we don't have, you know, unemployment. We love low unemployment rates, but it hurts my business because I am in the business of, of people. Interesting. We're talking to Emily Jetty. She's from Career Concepts. Again, the narrative that there are no good jobs out there is a wrong one. In fact, there are great jobs. There's just not enough employees half the time. We're going to dig into more of that and that whole idea of connecting employers and employees. And we'll talk about the skills that you need to be successful in the current 2019 employee marketplace. I guess it's just as you thought it was. Um, sometimes employers don't pay as well as they should in order to attract qualified employees. And we have Emily Jetty from Career Concepts to kind of talk about making the connection. You guys are the bridge between, you know, qualified employees and employers. And right now in a tight labor market, uh, which it is a tight labor market. Let's confirm that, Emily. I mean, you guys are looking for a lot of employees to to meet the the needs of your employers, aren't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. We are. Um, it was a little bit tighter earlier this year. We've gotten a little bit better, um, but uh, it's people are still scarce. Skill sets are scarce. Skill sets are scarce. So the the idea of a um, of of an employee with some skills. So let's let's talk about what are the skills that employers are looking for. Um, it all in industrial. It's a little bit hard to pin down one thing or another it all depends on the job well let me pull back for a second because Mm -hmm. again just like janet anderson was telling us you know all of us leave high school 
very well versed on our smartphones, correct? I mean, I mean, the the uh, you know we have basic computer skills, and so if you need to program a uh, you know a, a controller, you know, or not program, but the operate a controller, or if you need to be able to do data. You know, at a at a hospital or at a, at a healthcare facility, you know, do reports and stuff. I mean, these these people should be having these skills right away. Are you finding that that's not the case? Um, not a lot of our industrial positions. I mean, there's there's minor technical aspects to them. Um, more of like the uh, how do I put this? Um, button pushers. Okay. Yeah. Are the easier jobs to get they don't require a major skill set um i would say i don't know if it's a skill set necessarily but long longevity in a job is like the biggest thing employers are looking for right now and it's the scarcest skill that people have okay like, so more of a soft skill of just yeah. having a good work record longevity, and and, and, yeah. and some tenacity mm-hmm. i had a, a conversation kind of with all of my you know the industrial uh division the professional division um, we all kind of landed on what's the hardest um, sell to an employer. So if I have a resume, uh, they have a good skill set. They've got the the hard skills. What soft skill is preventing them from from getting that job? Yeah. Um, work history, longevity. A lot of people are are working six months to a year at a job, and then and we call them job jumpers. They jump to the next job. Some people have valid reasons for that. Maybe the job they were at, um, there's no you know room to grow. There's no room for any more money. But it doesn't say that on your resume, so you kind of have to right to put your resume together to kind of um, let it talk for you a little bit. And it's hard without being able to put pay rates on there. But um, what about can, what about white collar jobs? What about the the office jobs or the accounting jobs. Do you guys dive into some yes. of that stuff, like bookkeeping? And because yep. I, I have a friend, uh, a neighbor who, um, you know, is just struggling to find something in accounting. That's where his, his degree is. And and you would think, again, tight labor market. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, having a general skill set like mm-hmm. uh, accounting, being able to operate QuickBooks or whatever you know, is a, is a corporate, you know, SAP kind of, you know, accounting system, but he's having, he's having trouble in Erie. Um, a lot of our professional companies that we work with, people looking for professional individuals, um, tend to look on their own first. Okay. Um, we kind of get the second hand, like companies are having trouble finding people. Um, I often come across people that are completely qualified, but I have a company that wants someone who's used uh, QuickBooks before and this certain version of QuickBooks. And yeah. maybe that person has everything else, but they don't have that QuickBooks 2010 or what I don't well, know. Isn't that, a, that well, but. isn't that kind of a ridiculous, and I don't want to be mm-hmm. uh, absurd, but it seems I've seen this before too, Emily, is that, um, that the that the employers insist on such a, a totally detailed set of skills, mm-hmm. you know, like a certain, like you say, a certain version of software or experience on the individual um, machine, you know, right. whether it, that and and they're not willing to bring somebody in who has general knowledge and train them themselves. Isn't that an unrealistic expectation of, of of an employee? Um, I think that I and I sell this to a lot of companies as hard as I can. I think that hard skills are, are trainable. 
I, you can't learn a lot of soft skills. You can't learn trainability. Trainability is a soft skill. If I have somebody who has an excellent uh, work history, they don't have a skill set in anything, but they have a great work history. They have great, um, you know, that proves they have great attendance. Yeah. They are coachable, trainable. Bring that person in. They are 10 times more valuable than someone who has a crappy work history with the skill set that you're looking for. Now, the, the, the employers somebody. are going to be mad at me because, you know, they're saying, well, I don't have time to teach this guy, right. whatever, but or this person, this girl. You I know, just think technology woman. advances so fast that you might know Excel, but you don't know everything about Excel. Excel changes every year. <laughs> you can't expect someone to know the latest version of everything. But if they have a general knowledge of it, I mean, yeah. I would give someone a chance to learn. You know, it's 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 interesting, you know, coming out of uh, the nonprofit world where, where I worked for the last 28 years, we talked about you can't teach character, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. but you but you can teach skill. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you have to hire for character and maybe they'll step into mm-hmm. the skill, whether it, you know, and again, we were we were hiring people like that could do music or that could write or, you know, that, you know, that could um you know, uh, work with groups and things. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the character is what counts in a lot of ways. Um, uh, talk about soft skills like dress and being prompt and, you know, um, being honest on the job. Um, uh, do you test for those things? Or, I mean, does that all come from trial and error? That could be annoying if I were an employer to not know what I'm dealing with right. with this person in front of me. Um, it's harder to to test for soft skills. It's easier to test for hard skills. We have hard skills testing. Um, we do have access to a personality test. It's grueling and not always completely accurate. Yeah. People get nervous when they have to answer questions, yeah. and, um, and it gets repetitive and it gets lengthy. Um, we do our best to pre-screen people um check references depending on you know what level position we're looking at we do reference checks we do a drug screen we do we look over resumes work history background checks if that's required Um, we check every box that we can check on our end and we have lengthy conversations with these people you can get a feel for somebody in a conversation for the most part yeah um sometimes it is trial and error sometimes i put someone to work and they seem perfect and then they aren't but that's uh, we learned if they're if it's something that's fixable or if it's something that maybe we just aren't going to put that person back to work Um, unfortunately you know we only find that out sometimes after they've already gone to work but got 30 seconds left uh the narrative out there is that there are no good jobs in erie and i i guess you disagree why is that um i think that there are quite a few even entry-level positions that are paying pretty decent if you have the ability to to start out lower and grow or take something maybe that's different shifts that you're looking for. you got to be flexible. If you're flexible, there's jobs out there for you. And if you are an employer, be thinking about kind of expanding your, um, your rules, if you will, so far as on pay and maybe on training and, and accepting a person of – uh, uh, who has promise that may not fit your very, very specific defined uh, needs, isn't it? Absolutely. Emily, Th- Emily Jetty from Career Concepts. Uh, if people want to sign, you know, try to get a job from you, give them a phone number there. Um, 814-868-2333. And all of your jobs are posted where? On our website. It's um, www.gocareernow.com. 
and uh, they could send a resume to there. Yes, you can and... actually apply right online. Um, you can come into the office or you can do it at home. That's terrific. Emily Jetty, thank you so much for being a part of our State of Jobs program.